Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Uh, you're listening to Adjust Your Way to 100K, the show, the podcast that gives you insight on a very profitable career in the insurance adjusting industry. Make sure to use subscribe on your favorite platform and share with anyone, anyone looking to get into a lucrative career. So today, guys, today, today we have a very interesting episode. Um, we have a special guest. Look, he has an illustrious career. I have to really explain. I, I'm going to go down the list of his accolades okay don't don't blush on me doc don't don't get bashful i'm gonna go down the list yes uh, ma'am so our guest has a phd and an mba from the university of missouri m-i-z z-o-u <laughs> where he studied the impact of data visualizations on clinical decision making that's huge that's big Big time. Uh, Dr. Hudson has spent the last 15 years helping hundreds of businesses across retail, manufacturing, and healthcare automate their processes and leverage data as a competitive advantage. Now that's that's even bigger. <laughs> Most recently, though, the doctor has started a software as a service company called. I'm sorry, Doc. I want you to say it again. You tell me the correct pr pronunciation. Oh, I'm excited too. It's called Arium. It's Arium. it's actually derived from Latin for gold. Oh. Oh, I like that. Arium. Okay. Okay. I like that. Allowing companies to easily connect with their apps together to track and intervene on their customer's journey pre and post sale. We've got a genius here. This is, uh -oh. is going to be a great interview. We have, you must have a oh, second guest. <laughs> none other than the, 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 the comedic genius, <laughs> Dr. Andrew Hudson. Doc, thank you so much for being here with us today. How are you doing? Absolutely. I'm very privileged. Uh, you know, I've been listening to your podcast to date and been very impressed with how you're helping folks and, uh, you know, just very humbled to be able to join in and, and talk a little tech today. Oh, Thanks for having me. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. You know, I don't know if um, you've heard of this. Well, you probably have. You're, you're deep in the tech community. Um, I feel like there is a marriage coming up between the tech industry and the insurance industry. It, mm. it's been, they've been trying to figure out the dowry price is what I think. They're trying to negotiate, <laughs> right? But the marriage is coming together. They're negotiating it. Um, I, I saw this uh, this number the other day from Hurricane Ian that they're looking mm. at forty billion to eighty billion dollars in claims, mm. um, and I, I, the claims process to me when it comes to a catastrophe is just all over the place. Yeah. Um, so when we talk about this marriage of tech and insurance, what have you heard? Like inside, what you can tell us about what's happening <laughs> of the tech side and insurance? Have you heard anything? Yeah, you know, it's one of those things that can feel like a black box, right? Like stuff happens you know, things happen and then some type of number comes out the other end. And, you know, I'm no actuary, so I won't get too much into the algorithms. But but for me, I think you're right. I think the the sheer magnitude of a lot of these events that are happening is, is a logistical nightmare for a lot of folks and, and antiquated methods of writing things down on a clipboard, for example. Oh, and then yeah. decision-making that has to happen as fast as it has to happen is just incredibly difficult. Yeah. So it almost as if it has to happen, right? It's not an if, it's a when. Yeah. You know, you think about the uh, the the amount of money that's involved. You know, I was listening to um, NPR the other day, and they said that the the just just the the cleanup, not even the repair, just the cleanup for one day down there after Hurricane Ian was as much as an annual budget 
for some of these crews for one day. Wow. Wow. And so you think about the people on the front lines and, and just the magnitude that they're trying to deal with. The only way that you can really coordinate that meaningfully is through technology. Yes, definitely. Definitely. And I think, um, after the storm and leading up to the storm, what a lot of people don't know, the behind the scenes part is as adjusters, we're gearing up, we're getting mm. ready. The companies are looking at the storm. They're seeing the, you know, the updates and they're trying to figure out how many adjusters do we need to really fulfill the, the need of our care of our, um, our insureds that are going to have these issues. Um, yeah. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of coordination, like you're saying, as fast as it needs to happen we're talking about days, you know, and we're coordinating thousands of people to come help the influx of thousands of claims. It gets very crazy and the communication is all over the place. Mm. Um, something I saw that's been interesting is this slow integration of blockchain into the insurance or the claims process. Um, mm -hmm. You know of any, like, especially like with your company, um, if you were brought into, let's say, the state farms, we like to call them Big Red around here. <laughs> if you were asked to come in and talk to State Farm and they were like, hey, we're having this big communication issue, where do you even start with that? Wow, holy cow. So it's it's a big question and we covered a lot of things. So I'll do my best to kind of go through each of those, right? <laughs> Got you. So I think I'll start with the blockchain because I think that's the most confusing or or new or yeah. I'll use a big word here, esoteric kind of mm -hmm. topic that people hear a lot about, but they're like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be using that for. Yeah. Um, you know, it started a couple, 10 years ago, maybe a little bit more than that, but Bitcoin, everybody knows about Bitcoin and blockchain. And really, if I could say it simply, what blockchain is meant to do is to give like a record of ownership, right? And so you can trace that ownership over the blockchain, Right. And that's at a core what it's all about. So there's been some novel approaches. You know, I, I sat down with the president of Maryville University here in St. Louis, mm -hmm. and they're applying blockchain to the degrees that their students are earning. So they have a record of the courses that they took and their diploma at the end of, of their uh, bachelor's or graduate, you know, master's degree. Yeah. And then they'll be able to have that on the blockchain to demonstrate, hey, I really did get this degree from this university. Oh, kind of wow. interesting, right? Yeah, that's I'm blown away. You're, so when you think about yeah. that, you know, I'll throw it back at you. When you think about insurance and you think about contracts, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you think about how I'm supposed to process that contract and the ownership of things. Yeah. Then you start to see how potentially that could come into the conversation of how can we track that property? Yeah. Right. How can we track this contract that we set? for our our covered folks right yeah yeah wow that 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 brings a lot to my mind because there's a lot of different people on the claim a lot of people don't know and let's talk property claims because i'm a property adjuster um you've got your inside desk adjuster like myself you got your field adjuster then you have other parties you may have like an in there there's going to be a lot of flood claims so they're they have a a mitigation or a restoration company that's going to come in um, there's all these different people that play a, a different role in the claim to put them all on the blockchain. And you say, OK, this is your role. You started this date, You ended this date here. You can upload those pictures. And we have all of that be together and all know mm -hmm. about it and be able to mm -hmm. see it. All of the partners. That would be huge. 
That it, would, it could be a game changer, right? Yes. That's, and then it has a level of legitimacy that can potentially go along with it. Cause I mean, yeah. there's, there's contract management systems out there today that can yeah. go see everything that you're talking about, yeah. but how legitimate is it? Yeah. A little difficult to say this might add a little, little extra layer on top of that. Yeah. Right. Which yeah. I think that's a good segue a little bit into talking about what the actual problem is that we're trying to solve. So like when we say, let's bring in blockchain, let's talk about communications next, right? Yes. And the coordination of all these parties, how do we do it? Well, it really starts with the problem, not the technology. And I think some folks, at least that I've worked with over my career, they often assume that the right technology will solve all my problems. Like if I just had the next Zoom, we, we everything- wish. We wish, right? We wish. Right? We wish it was that easy. If I just had it, everything would be fine. But we, you know, every single time that happens, something falls short, right? Yeah. There's some yeah. greatness about it, but then it doesn't do X, Y, and Z. The most successful way that I've worked with folks is we start with what is it we're really trying to solve? Okay. Yeah. So when we say it's a coordination of communication, okay, let's break that down further. Where does it fail? Where does it succeed? Hmm. How do we keep doing right what we've been doing? and get rid of the stuff or change the stuff that's not going well. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And, and once you can kind of align all the affected parties yeah. that are in that communication chain, you can come up with a great solution, you know, but I'll, I'll share, you know, sales and marketing. Okay. Let's, let's uh -huh. talk about that huge yeah. communication. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Huge communication challenge, especially at the beginning of that sales cycle. I don't want to talk to you. Right. <laughs> How do I get somebody's attention? Yeah. Uh -huh. Right. How do I bring them in? I got a new podcast I'm throwing out there. How do I get people to know about it? Okay. Yeah. All of that. How, how are you going to communicate with them? Well, the first thing it comes down to is how do they want to be communicated with? Sure. It's not the golden rule. It's the platinum rule. Yeah. How do they want to be treated? Yeah. So then you have to go to where they are. Well, okay. Now that starts opening up other questions. Where are people communicating? Mm, I got well, you. probably what you started off with email, right? That was a great answer in 1993. <laughs> May not be a great answer today. Said. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, everything I see today is how do I get out of email? How do yeah. I avoid it? How do yeah. I put spam filters on? How do I do this and that? Because I don't want any more emails than I have to have. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Same thing happened with snail mail, right? Just got inundated. Like, no, no, no. Take me off the list. I'm done. It's yeah. too much. Right. And, and, you know, in, in insurance, um, there's some big red has been um, novel at giving people this. Uh, we're talking about marketing. There's a marketing mm -hmm. part of insurance. And then mm -hmm. there's the actual functional part. Like, yeah. you know, as a good neighbor, you know, state farmers there. Right. Jake. Right. So they I was just down in Dallas. My wife asked us I was going to buy some khakis and run into Jake. <laughs> <laughs> it's a staple. We already know that's a recognizable piece of the brand. They really want to keep that empathy and that integral part in it when they're when we yeah. they want us to do claims. But our claim system is still mm -hmm. old and archaic. Um, mm -hmm. when you're talking about that company and then other companies like them. I think they're just so big and the the job to change that system is just so massive. They just kept mm -hmm. going on and kept going on. But now I see what's happening is that they're getting beat out by companies that are more malleable and don't mind changing with right. the and adopting the technology. Um, yep. But there are some 
there are insurers that that really want that that you know they want the email they want the snail mail they don't yeah. care about the emails i mean not the emails the text messaging just right yet. um but that's so you're way. you're describing like that transition and and generations yeah. Right. Yes. Yes. Right. So State Farm is a great example. You know, uh, went to Mizzou. State Farm was working out of there for a long time. So got to meet a lot of folks out of State Farm before they they picked up and moved to Dallas. Okay. Okay. Uh, Great company, but they're suffering from the same issue that any large legacy company is suffering from. So, you know, so you got to some of it is capital expenditures versus operational expenditures. Right. Mm -hmm. They already invested in this communication platform that they have all these people trained up to use. Yes. If they got to switch to something new, that's a big investment for a maybe. Yeah. Right. No doubt. Versus yeah. these new companies that are popping up. Well, they have none of that legacy. We call it, we call it technical debt. They have none of that. Mm. They can start off with what's the new hotness. Yeah. Right? And they may not be targeting the same audience that state farms already gotten entrenched in. Right. So if you're 50, 60 years old and you've got your state farm, it's working for me fine. Why do I want to change? There's not, it's not like I said, the pain of change mm-hmm. isn't great enough, isn't greater than my my change, my pain to stay the same, right? They're like, yeah. it's fine. It, it's yeah. good enough. Right. Yeah. But folks mm-hmm. that are coming into it, they come in and they're like me, right? I get so frustrated if they're like, I, I'm gonna you have to come in person to sign up. I said, well, I'm not coming in person. I got stuff to do. <laughs> I don't want that. But yeah, yeah. I got this thing on my hip called a phone. I can just yes. put it in there. Yes, yes. That's well, what I, I say. That. I think, and, and you're right, it is a, a legacy move from a, I mean, Big Red owns probably, they're probably one of the biggest carriers, the biggest carrier yeah. in the U.S. Um, yep. But we're talking about a span over thousands of offices, um, mm-hmm. thousands of, of agents that are on the system. It, I've seen them change a little little pieces, but the core part that's the claims handling part is the bigger issue. I don't even know where we begin, but I see blockchain is going to be a big part of that, a big okay. part of that. So um, now, and, and correct me, because I know just a little bit of block, about blockchain. I'm, I'm getting more my thoughts wrapped around what it could be and what it does. Um, blockchain is really a tool that is used in the software. Is that correct? It is a software tool. Yeah. Um, it's, it's not something that you're going to go like pick up your, your Jordans over a footlock or anything like that. So it's not something you can go pick up and and hang on to. It's a, it's a method for, can I say the word database and nobody's going to freak out? Oh, nobody can get scared over here. We'll be okay. okay. Don't get scared about a database, (laughs) but you can think it's just a database essentially that says this, this thing happened. Okay. And it's encrypted and it's secure. And I'm trying to go super simple for our audience, right? So it's encrypted, it's secure, and then I know that I own it, okay? But it, it has to do with I have it. So that's why Bitcoin, and you have Coinbase that goes along with like a Bitcoin or Ethereum. Mm-hmm. The reason you need that is in the old days before Coinbase existed, you know, I'm sitting there out in Long Beach, California on my computer back when you could get Bitcoin on your computer, right? Yeah. And I had to put it on a USB drive, and that was my proof. Oh. If I lost that USB drive, I was up mm, creek. Yes, you know I mean? yes, yes. So now you have a whole service that helps you manage that. And not only that, but then how do you transact with the Bitcoin? So how do we have that traceability back and forth? Now, people say, well, it's secure and they can't tell what you did. Eh, kind of, right? Yeah. There's still some some tracing that people can do if they really wanted to. It gets a little confusing 
if if you did like a well, I won't get into that, but there's a way that you can like spread it out. So it makes it really hard to tell where it came from, but you can uh-huh. still have that traceability. And I think that's the power of the blockchain is you can tell every step along the way gotcha. through the database and, and demonstrate that, that like I own it, like NFTs were really hot yeah. in 2020. I don't know if they're still hot, but they had but, their day. Yeah. I, I think, um, they're Man, to figure it out. isn't it wild how, how fast things happen? Oh my gosh. You, you saying that it was hot back in 2020. I had to think like, damn, you're right. It was, it was <laughs> hotter. Wow. That was quick. That was a quick life cycle for it. Um, yeah. I, I got a question about your company, Aurium, yes. correct? Did I pronounce that? Arium. Yep. Arium. Arium. Okay. Arium gold. I love the name though. I love the, the, the reference. I love it. Um, as far as costs, let's say I'm a big insurance carrier and I say, hey, um, doctor, I want you to come in here and assist us in creating something better. We have a, a issue, but look, we we want to manage our costs too. Is it um, cost effective? Have you seen saying, hey, we're going to come in and utilize the blockchain technology versus what you're doing and this will save you X, Y, Z amount of money? Is that something that you have as a selling point? Uh, not for me. So no. Um Mostly it's uh, folks with a lot of investment money that are trying to find the problem to assign to blockchain. Ah. Uh, so that's why you don't see it a lot, but you hear a lot of buzz. Got it. So when it comes into it, it's it's a very narrow application where it can really come in, but what it does, it does really well. So coming into a big insurance company and saying blockchain, well, really what we have to do is sit down and say, where are your problems and how much is that costing you? And is blockchain going to help mitigate that risk or that, that if inefficiency, right? Gotcha. Gotcha. And so far the juice has not been worth the squeeze in really? a lot of cases. Yeah. That's why it's really focused on financial because there's so many transactions. You're trying to keep track of it. So it's that constant back and forth, which is why it's in that space more right now, because yeah. it's a real clear uh, problem. Got you. Got you. Okay. Okay. Understood. Understood. Um, Another issue, I think when there's a storm, um, when there's a hurricane, like what happened just a a week or so ago down in Florida, another Mm -hmm. issue we have as adjusters is, um, you know, there's satellites that are out. There are, uh, there's, there's some, some insurers that we see have not even returned to their homes. Um, Do you think like we have the technology like with the uh, company that Amazon owns with the cameras on your door, like the ring, ring doorbell? Mm -hmm. Mm Do you think that you will see we'll see some kind of technology where um, maybe ring can automatically sort of prompt an insurance claim? Like, hey, I'm not at my house, Um, but almost like Apple watches have this technology where they can sense if you've been in a car accident or something yeah is there any yeah. way for anything like that to happen like it can sense that Ooh, we're gonna get involved. we're gonna get philosophical now okay yeah. <laughs> I'm, gonna get, I'm gonna get excited all right yeah. so i have a i have a cousin in agriculture okay Ooh, now stay right. with me now because i'm uh-huh. gonna tie this back up to the flood all right uh-huh. so he worked for what used to be monsanto and is now yeah. bear okay mm-hmm. and then he went and started his own company now what he specialized in was animal feed Okay. 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 And what he then did is he made sensors to put all around the field for what the animals ate, as well as what was grown for the animals to eat. Okay. And he would measure the chemical composition of the soil, the humidity and rain, Mm -hmm. 
to then predict yield, to then predict how much to feed each of the livestock so he could then get to the output, which was a, a chicken breast size or a flank steak that you would then send to market so he can optimize everything from soil to store. What? Okay, think about that, right? Now, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kind of blows your mind, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, this is extremely important because it's a highly variable business dependent on factors that cannot be controlled. And your profitability, your margin is based off of the outcome of all those uncontrollable factors, right? Yeah. So if you can intervene at any one point, like say, go put nitrogen on your field right now because it's insufficient and based on the current rain that's coming that we've had and the humidity of the air, this will increase your yield down here. And now you're going to have better chicken. Okay? Oh, oh my God. Goodness. Think oh, about that. My goodness. Now, if they're doing that in agriculture, now the question becomes claim adjusting, but here's the difference. Uh -huh. yes, here's sir. where I think you're going to get a little pushback. Okay? okay. People do not like, there is a, well, let's say this, there is a cohort of people in the world that do not care to give away data like that. Mm, I that they don't want everything measured. They mm. don't want everything predicted because they are afraid of what the implications are that would be out of their control, right? So when you think about statistical analysis, forecasting, predictive, prescriptive analytics, uh -huh, right? uh -huh, uh -huh. that's outside of what most people understand. Am I right or am I wrong? Most definitely. They don't want to. Most hear definitely. That. People don't even understand the effects of Facebook on behavior, much yeah. less the effect of a ring doorbell on their insurance. Yeah. Yeah. But, so, but it's coming. It's coming, though. Those companies. I mean, yeah. The, as long as there's incentives along the way, right? Mm -hmm. Ex example, uh, Amron, which is local to us, they just went around, they put all new sensors on electrical feeds so that they could figure out peak versus trough times. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, folks were into this because they're like, oh, look, now you can trace everything you got on your cell phone. Isn't that nice? Right. So you got a little incentive. And then, you know, you see a couple months later, people are like, oh, wait, you're actually charging me for my peak time now that you know it. I don't <laughs> care for that. I liked it before when you didn't know I could sneak in. Hey, we can't have we got to have it both ways. Yeah. Now listen. I, hey, listen, I'm with you. Uh, but think those things will start to come in right yeah. as incentives. Okay. And as people start to invest in it, and I mean, think about, you know, America is great because we have all this R&D, but it means we got all this legacy yeah, yeah. stuff sitting around, right? Yeah. Like we're going through St. Louis and burying electrical lines because it, the power keeps going out. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, why didn't we do that to begin with? You know, like, yeah. well, you know, because it was easier to do this way before, right? And as you get these houses that are going to be newly built, you're going to, we're going to call them smart houses right now, but they're not going to be that smart, right? But then we're starting to put in more sensors to help out, right? Yes. And anybody who's been affected by flooding, which happened here in St. Louis this summer, right? Yeah. Uh -huh. Tons of people affected across the St. Louis area. We're basically living in a swamp, right? Yeah. And yeah. then all of a sudden we're surprised when we get some rain and every, there's no place for the water to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, I wonder, will, um, having that technology help out with the cost of insurance would the actuaries be able to or underwriting drill that down and, and give us a savings or give insurers a savings on their their premiums possibly I, I think it already happens so yeah. if we think about flood prone areas if you have 
moisture meters put into your home, mm-hmm. then that can reduce your risk because now we can intervene faster. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, argon. Isn't is that the right gas? Radon or something like that? Yes, radon. Right, radon. Radon. Yeah. Right. You put you put something in and now that reduces your liability for the home. Yeah. So I think as there is incentives to measure so that you can intervene faster and reduce the overall claim that, yeah, it'll start making more sense for folks from a, a monetary standpoint mm-hmm. to start to put in this, uh, this OIT, no, I, IOT, Internet of Things. Yes, yes. IOT, Everything yeah. kind of connected up and measuring. Um, and some people are, are totally into it. Like, I'm slowly starting to make a smart house of my own. But I'm, <laughs> I'm even skeptical, right? What I don't want some kid. Yeah. What's that? What have you incorporated? I didn't mean to cut you off, but what are some of the things that your your smart house? What have you incorporated? Oh, it's very slow. And I don't want to get too much on the podcast, but like <laughs> plugs, I'm okay with, right? Mm-hmm. That's about where I stop. That's I'm it. I'm okay with a plug. I, okay. What I'm, I'm terrified of, if I'm being honest with you, is some kid across the street messing around with his new laptop and like, you know what? I'm going to mess with Dr. Hudson and just <laughs> hack in and do something I'm like, oh man, <laughs> I don't know what he did. <laughs> I could definitely see that happen. I can see it happening. Well, that we're going to have to have you on another time to continue talking about this. Cause I think this is this ever evolving thing that we're in uh, like the NFTs. It comes, it goes, something could be hot today, be cooler tomorrow. And um, but to see how this evolves with the insurance industry, I, I think some great things are happening. Um, some things that you even touched on, but it's just, it's been a little bit slower to evolve for some of the reasons that you said, I didn't really yeah. think about the legacy part. I understand that with the companies and wanting to be sure about the changes they make, you know? Yeah. It's, and, and just to, to double click on that again, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's for those companies that are coming in that want to make that change. It, it is tough. It has to have, you know, some great leadership from the top down. That's going to help push that out. Like you said, thousands of locations, yeah, uh, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of, of employees to coach up and train up. Totally get that. Yeah. So it might come up from grassroots too. So, you know, I wanted to to throw out there as folks are trying to manage their communication, I'll just throw a few tips that I use. Now, I'm going to, I'm going to give this as a caveat, right? Um, Make sure that you're doing all the regulations you need to with your company and like you get Mm -hmm. things approved and maybe even ping your IT to say, to see if they already have this someplace, you know, big companies like Big Red. If yeah. I could, if I could adopt the nomenclature, I like that. I like that. Uh, they may already have stuff you need, just don't know about it. True. Very right? true. You're right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, okay. So number one, when trying to organize communication, you need something that's going to allow for multi-channel communication. Uh, okay. The best things I've seen for that are in the space of sales enablement. Okay. okay. So a big player in that space is called outreach. So what Outreach does, uh, based out of Seattle, great company, work with them. They not only allow you to centralize all the different types of communication you could want, social, text, emails, snail mail if you want, um, and centralize it so you can keep a track of that record of that communication with the customer. Okay? Oh, okay. Um, and then also schedule things out. So we all know we can't be sitting there all the time. So if we can get things organized, like block out four hours on a Monday to get our week's communications figured out, now we're working for our advantage, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, Another one's HubSpot. It's typically a CRM and marketing tool is how people think about it, but it can be great for that centralizing communication with your customers back and forth, and it's free to get started. Mm, mm, So folks can definitely experiment with that without an issue and just put folks in that you're working with back and forth and, and try it out for yourself. 
Yeah. Uh, for automation, um, I'd recommend uh, a buddy of mine out of Columbia. His name's Wade Foster. Okay. Started a company through Y Combinator called Zapier, and it's been going gangbusters since 2010. Wait a second. Zapier is definitely something we use. Wow. I did not know that was, uh, you said uh, out of Columbia? Of, a yep. Friend of yours. Yep. Mizzou, oh. Mizzou boy out of Columbia. Wow. Uh, applied for Y Combinator, which is an incubator out of San Francisco. He got in in 2010, and uh -huh. he's been building Zapier ever since. Wow. That's amazing. He is. He's a, he's a good guy. That's amazing. We, we I use the tool already. That's yeah. It, it's very powerful in the automation space. That's I'm blown away by that. The connection, the Mizzou connection. I know <laughs> people, it. Hey, yeah. listen, people throw it. It's the middle of, you know, it's a flyover state. You know, yeah. I get that, but no, yeah. lots, lots of smart people coming out there. I just been lucky enough to meet them. <laughs> um, but just for folks who haven't heard of Zapier, it, it allows yeah. you to connect two different apps. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then put in some conditions based off of something that happens in app one, like mm -hmm. say an email comes in from a customer. Yep, yep. So you can connect it up and say, hey, if this email comes in from a customer, do X, Y, and Z, send them, you know, a scotch, send them, you know, uh, a thank you email, you know, uh, have them subscribe to uh, the latest podcast as we all love. Um 100k what was the whole thing adjust I, I, your way to 100 adjust your way to 100k yeah. man i thought that was gonna be so slick to add that in uh, no, you know, as you were talking i was thinking about like yeah i could send them like i'm thinking claims i was like mm -hmm. yeah, send them their claims number or something like it could be automatic That's right. like, you know I, I i'm thinking i'm thinking in another place yeah no doubt doctor that could definitely be used wow zapier I, i'm just so i'm just so shocked by your connection to hear that and then to really think that um there's a lot of, uh, besides the insurance carriers, we talked about Big Red as an insurance carrier. There's mm -hmm. smaller independent adjusting firms um, that can move and coordinate adjusters. They could probably use a tool like Zapier or the other tools like HubSpot that you used um, to better their communication, maybe on a smaller level that will mm -hmm. facilitate the more bigger situation with the carriers on their end. So, wow, I yeah. just, I'm connecting all these dots as we're talking. I, I'm glad we're talking about this. This is awesome. Absolutely. Hey, give me a call anytime about Zapier. I'm, I, you know, it's a passion of mine. So I'd love to see how you're using it too and see if I can help out. Okay. Awesome. That, that sounds great. Well, Doc, where do we find you? You're just a wealth of information in this technology space. How do people connect with you? Best way is on LinkedIn. Um, like I said, uh, I got a little scared of Facebooks with Cambridge Analytica back in the day. So I'm not <laughs> on the Facebooks, uh, but our company is RM is on Facebook. RM is on Twitter um, yep. and RM is on LinkedIn. So definitely uh, check that out and see it. And you can always look me up on, on LinkedIn and, and shoot me a quick connection. Okay. Sounds good, Doc. Thank you again for being on. We, we'd love to have you back. I, I love talking about this technology stuff. And, you know, I think I know something. And talking to you, you've opened my eyes to a lot of different things. I'm, I'm all over the place right now. So thanks for what being What a compliment. Thank you so much. And I appreciate, you know, the opportunity to talk some of this. I learned a lot from you. And so maybe, we, well, yeah, I'd love to be back and we can, you know, chat back and forth of, hey, I got this problem in insurance. How do we technologize it? <laughs> all right. I'm going to hold you to that one. <laughs> yes, ma'am. All right. Good talking to you. We want to thank Dr. Hudson and the team over at Arium. We can't wait to have Dr. Hudson back on because I'm sure he will have even more concepts to share with us next time because technology is constantly evolving. 
sort of like insurance. You know, insurance is one of the oldest industries in this country. And as long as insurance is alive, there will always be a need for insurance adjusters. If you're interested in getting into this lucrative career, make sure you go to adjusterpro.com. That's where I went. Use my code SD2022 to save 10%. Now, if you want to get into this industry and utilize the best strategy to grow your career, you know where to go. 100kadjuster.com. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe, like, and share. Talk to you next week.